Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. My dad's like a super fan of this, of this franchise. Um, I saw a picture of him on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, going to see this movie wearing like a like a, like a leather jacket and sunglasses and I was like you go dad as like, the internet would say it's quote his Black Panther exactly <laughs> exactly that's my dad's Black Panther right there <laughs> welcome back to Film Fanatics where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed excited and inspired I'm Alan and I'm Gaul this week we're reviewing Top Gun Maverick which has finally come out after like three years of delays Yes, and we also looked for an older Tom Cruise classic, and we decided to go for something that neither of us has, have watched before. This is made but not considered one of his classics. We're talking about The Color of Money, directed by Martin Scorsese and also, star- and also starring Paul Newman. Speaking of Scorsese, we'd like to take a moment to remember the late Ray Liotta, who was in one of my favorite Scorsese movies, Goodfellas. He passed this week, and so this episode is dedicated to him. Yes, thank you, Ray. Now, starting out with some news. Uh, the next Star Wars movie coming out is Taika Waititi's is in, in 2023. What do you think about that? I'm really excited. This is better than better news than if Rogue Squadron was still on that oh, date. Ugh. I mean, I hope that still happens someday, but like, it's, it's not as urgent as anytime Taika Waititi makes a movie that's priority and i'm glad that like he's going straight from thor to this and he has another movie in between i mean the man never misses and um and it was also confirmed that john watts is helming a show starring jude law uh called skeleton crew i don't know if i would leave fantastic four for this (laughs) uh what's your take on it i mean i don't really know what the show is but i've definitely like grown more of an appreciation for jude law lately they're doing probably yeah. like three shows a year and then like one movie every other year which also i don't know if i like i would keep it like I'm, i have this problem with marvel as well that's too much stuff i feel like they should uh-huh. limit themselves for like max two shows and a movie a year in the star yeah. wars camp uh we had the andor trailer come out what did you think about that uh visually it looks really good i love the set designs and the the visuals but it hasn't sold me in terms of excitement yet but i think it looks better than boba fett i'll say that no for sure but to be fair boba fett was shit and it's written by tony gilroy who Ro- also worked on he um, rewrote rogue one right? he rewrote rogue one he um he worked on the Bourne movies and uh also was nominated for michael clayton is rogue one maybe one of the best disney star wars films i feel like it's uh, the second interesting Pe- people hate my first choice is, your, is Last Jedi yeah. your number one? Last Jedi is my number one, then Force Awakens, then I guess Rogue One. I guess Force Awakens and Rogue One are kind of tied for me at number yeah. two. Thor Love and Thunder has launched an electrifying new trailer. I didn't write that. So, what do you think? Yeah, this was from uh, this is from the Hollywood Reporter headline. Neither of us wrote that. <laughs> uh, so, I love this trailer. Uh, people are hating on the look of uh, Gore the God Butcher, but I'm in the camp. It's Christian Bale, 
So I don't want it to be like a CGI weird monster. I want it to be Christian Bale. I want to see Christian Bale. Exactly. Act, I, I want to see him do his thing. I just rewatched American Psycho this weekend, and um, that's a good one. And I just want to see Christian Bale go nuts. We it could be like a galac- intergalactic American Psycho. Yeah, but, but that's basically what he did. What he is. Oh God, will die. Christian Bale's top five favorite actors for me. Yeah, and also I feel. Um, This is a great concept for, for a villain. The like, gore, like the history of gore, the god butcher, and like going up against the gods. I feel like that's a really cool idea for like a yeah. villain. So him I feel like to, it would work. I'm trying to butch gods, butcher gods. Yeah. Some equally exciting news. Take it away, Alan. Oh fuck! <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is joining Chris Pratt in the Garfield animated feature. I probably, Fox? I probably won't watch it. I don't even know if it's on a in a theater or streaming service. I think I we're probably care. gonna watch it. We're, if, we could watch it to roast it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that would be a vibe. Samuel L. Jackson is also in everything, as well as Chris Pratt. Right now, he's in yeah. everything apparently. Low key, I'm kind of hyped just to see what the Mario movie will be like. I'm not saying it'll be amazing or anything. I'm more excited for that because I grew up with Mario, and I kind of grew up with, Garf- with Garfield as well, with like the old movies. Remember from the 2000s? I never watched the Bill Murray ones, actually. Oh, I used to love those movies as a kid, and um, I like, I like, it came like in the paper, like the cartoons of Garfield, like uh, in the papers that my dad got or something like that. So like Garfield and Mario both have like a, a warm place in my heart. I don't like that they're both played by Chris Pratt, honestly. I feel like you could go back, like you could go more Italian with both these speaks. It looks like the cast of Fast 10, aka Fast X, is ever growing. Now we have Rita Moreno playing Vin Diesel's grandma. I thought this was a joke when I first read it. It sounds like a joke. Just like Brie Larson, just like Charlize Theron, just like Dwayne Johnson, just like everyone else in this franchise. She's too good for this franchise. <laughs> She shouldn't be here. I think we're ready to move on to Total Recall. This week we're talking about The Color of Money from 1986, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, and I want her name because we're going to Mary Elizabeth Mastro Antonio. This movie is supposed to be like a uh continuation to 1960s The Hustler, starring the aforementioned Paul Newman. Neither of us has seen the original, we just jumped straight into this one. Which we were... will make our reactions even more interesting. Exactly, like we were we were very curious about it. I like that we, we sought out this movie because this isn't the first or second or third or anything close movie that you would think about when you think Tom Cruise. What do you think of him? You think... Mission Impossible, Top Gun first, Jerry Maguire, etc. You wouldn't think The Color of Money, but I'd actually never seen it before, and I'm glad I sought it out. It's not one of my favorites of Scorsese after watching it, but there is dashes of his, like, his style, and especially the themes. I'd say it's most similar to, like, Wolf of Wall Street, and I really liked it, especially the scenes that Paul Newman and Tom Cruise have together. Yeah, I think it less it has a little bit less flair and style than we used from first from uh, Scorsese. Uh, it doesn't, I do, you know what I mean? Like, you have a couple of shots that you're like, oh, that's so Scorsese. But like overall, I feel like this is m- one of his most like 
tame movies. It's it's definitely more tame stylistically, which it's still very much like the themes about like going big and living large, but it doesn't have because usually you either see like incredible production design or fast-paced montages and narration or both. And yeah. this movie there's like one montage, but besides that it's more grounded. Yeah, and also I f- I like I feel that um maybe I this is not 100%. It's just my feeling. Maybe he wanted to keep to the original, which was like a more classic Hollywood approach. He's he's my favorite director of all time and uh, there's a reason for it. I love his visual style and like we said it's pretty tame, but it's still pretty good. Like I don't think I ever saw a bad Scorsese movie. Like this this is much more about the actors, I feel like this movie and the performances he brings out of the actors. Paul Newman even won an Oscar for it for best yeah, actor. It's interesting cuz Paul Newman like you would ask anyone and you'd say like his prime years were in the 60s. But I guess back then he was notoriously snubbed a lot. And then he finally won in the late 80s for this movie. Yeah, and uh, Tom Cruise is really good in this movie. I think the whole point was for me to think he was a shit little prick. And that's what I thought he was the whole movie. I wanted to kill him (laughs) most of the time. He is cocky in this movie. Like He's supposed to be like the over-his-head, ambitious young guy, but... I don't know, maybe because it's Tom Cruise, I sympathized with him more than Paul Newman. For me, it's the opposite. I sympathize with Paul Newman a lot. Maybe that shows our age difference. <laughs> because <laughs> I was totally, like, over that guy. I was like, this guy's so fucking cocky. He needs to get down a peg. Like, like Paul Newman's trying to teach this kid. Like, he's, you know, like, he's putting everything out there to teach this kid. And this kid is, like, ignoring his advice. He's, like, doing whatever the hell he wants. Like, he's throwing tantrums at him and um, and at his girlfriend for, like, actually doing what they were supposed to be doing, which is hustling people. Yeah, no, eventually he, like, Tom Cruise has become a bit, like, he, like, he gets jealous when they're acting and with, he's, like, with his girlfriend or he just, like, he definitely becomes, like, absorbed with himself also, but... Paul Newman seemed also like a little bit like selfish in a way too, like very like arrogant in a way. Like I know everything. Like uh, yeah, come because... with me, and he like leaves this woman like just to like train this guy because he wants to be the teacher. Yeah, he was trying to recapture his his youth from the first movie, yeah. apparently. Uh... Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> we we haven't seen his youth that he's trying to recapture. But like, I feel like that's what he was trying to do. Like he was he got lost in this like booze business that he created, like. And he wanted to get back to hustling. And, like, he was hustling still with the booze, but, like, he wanted to get back to, like, hustling and pool, which uh, I thought it was really fun. He acts like he knows everything because, let's face it, in the lore of this movie, he knows everything. Like, he is the guy that did all that. So every time that he was a bit arrogant, I was like, yeah, I get, I get it. Like, you, you walk the walk, so you deserve to be a little bit arrogant now. This is why I feel like Tom Cruise's character doesn't deserve to be that arrogant because he does, hasn't done shit. Uh, Paul Newman has a really good acting moment where I guess they're like arguing over the money because he wants to just give him his money and let him go. Oh, he's like, yeah. I've taught you everything. I love that He's like, moment. I'm giving you everything I got when Paul Newman yells at I was like, okay, he deserved that Oscar. Give me money and get rid of me. You're young, kid. You got a long way to I, go. You want to give me money and give me money because this is nickel and dime shit. You've been giving I'll give me you money, money but don't you want. tell me what I'm about. Shut up and give me money. You make it 3000 It's our money. Yeah, I'll give you what I got. Money anyway. I'll give you what I got. 
No, yeah, he's fantastic in this movie. When he, like, uh, towards the end, he basically, he gets disappointed from something that uh, that Tom Cruise's character does by the end of the movie. And you can see his face. And without him saying anything, you just know how broke, broken-hearted he is about the situation. I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You can see, like, through his acting, without any words, that he, the, he's just devastated. I mean, and, Paul Newman's considered one of the goats, and uh, you can see here why. Yeah, I hadn't seen that much from like later eras of him. Like he did the voice of the mentor guy from Cars, but I'd also seen him in The Sting and Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid. There's still some classics of his I have to get to, but yeah, he he definitely steals the show here. He he was cool hand Luke. Like you know, like dude, dude's a dude's like a machine. Like yeah, a so Hollywood Kuhan machine. Yeah, so Luke, I still need to get to. Me actually. too. Me too. And fun fact: this actually came out five months after Tom Cruise doing Top Gun. What are like your favorite dramatic Tom Cruise roles? Ooh, what about you? Probably Magnolia. Yeah, uh, some people say he should have won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Jerry Maguire, also. Risky Terrific business, mis- maybe? No, that's I've never watched that's it. That's more of a comic. I don't know. There's, there's always good stuff to recommend with Tom Cruise. Eyes Wide Shut, The Firm, A Few Good Men is fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure you've watched it. Yeah. Last Samurai is good. Minority Report's a terrific action movie uh, from Steven Spielberg. So, yeah, a lot of great stuff. Now we're talking about another legacy sequel. Just came out this weekend Top Gun Maverick. We did the total recall of the first Top Gun a while ago, and we're finally, we finally went to the theater to see the sequel. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. You need to see this movie in theaters. That, that, that's the way around it. This is a fantastic movie to just see on the biggest screen you can find and just have so much fun. I love this movie. What, what what what's your main take? It was great. It was it was this rare like pure popcorn enjoyment feeling that I haven't had in the same way in a while. Uh, it's also like a lot of sequels now. There's later in the in the franchise nowadays, or there's like a lot of lore you have to follow to to get it. Like with the Fantastic Beast movies or Doctor Strange, there's a lot you need to follow now. This is just a direct sequel to one movie, and it's focusing on like basic characters and ideas and these amazing practical effects. I had so much fun with it. I, I just love how loud this movie is. The flight sequences are all practical, and I really was on the edge of my seat. I was looking at a list of like legacy sequels, and there's so like there's two ways you could go right there's great stuff like blade runner 2049 creed star wars force awakens mad max fury road like those are those that's the club of legacy sequels you want to be a part of fantastic or you could be a a matrix resurrections yeah or like i guess we kind of disagree on this but halloween for me is just like in the middle Uh, yeah but it's not bad it's not bad Wait, Termin- I, the Terminator, the new Terminator, Terminator movie. Dark Fate wasn't um, that good. So, I'm like, looking at your thing, did it really have Matrix Resurrection as his number two best legacy yeah, sequel? Uh, Colli- Collider can be weird. Sometimes. What the fuck? Um, all right, moving past that, this movie gets you so pumped. Like, um, I'm not American, and even me by the end of the movie was like, yeah, USA. <laughs> uh, yes. 
like you win against those faceless enemies that we have no idea who they are <laughs> uh it's, it's just a vibe you're right like it's all on the vibe it's like such a good like vibe to be a part of it's so rare today to go to a movie like to go to like a pop a proper popcorn flick and just have fun every once in a while there's like a big action movie that's supposed to be like the popcorn flick none of them is, are as good as this like this is great like um the acting was fantastic you have john have being the best john ham he was um, good you have miles tellers also miles teller also acting his heart out like he usually does tom cruise on another level at, at least compared to like his more actiony work i mean yeah he's uh tom cruise is always one of my favorite actors just seeing him like just like if the camera cuts to him i'll be like yes go tom cruise great actor but he genuinely has amazing acting moments yeah. here. I want to shout out Val Kilmer because Val Kilmer in real life has throat cancer. They adapted uh, basically this real life point that he has throat cancer to the movie. And it's just really, it's just really a sweet moment. The fact is we're not the biggest fans of the first movie. I enjoyed it enough yeah. to like the callbacks yeah. to it, but... This definitely works for non-super fans. This blows fans. the first one out of the water. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's a way better movie, even. And I know, like, f fans and lovers of the first movie would agree, even. Yeah, like, uh, my dad's, like, a super fan of this of this franchise. Um, I saw a picture of him on Instagram uh, going to see this movie wearing, like a, like, a, like, a leather jacket and sunglasses. And I was like, you go, Dad. As like, the internet would say, it's, quote, his Black Panther. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's my dad's Black Panther right there. <laughs> In terms of the romance, this movie was better. He had way better chemistry with Jennifer Connelly. Oh, for sure. For sure. I love the romance in this movie compared to the first one. Also, Still not Jennifer great. Connelly is, like, top three favorite actresses for me, possibly. She's top amazing. Five. She's fantastic. Um, so, always pleasing to, to see her act. And also, I think you said this to me. That like the story in the first movie is a little bit filler compared to the bigger moments in Top Gun. This the story is the movie. Like even the romance, it feels like such an obligatory romance in the first one. Like that obligatory 80s guy seduces girl, bad boy, good girl type yeah, of thing. she's the teacher and then dramatic sex scene. Exactly. This, it's... It, it felt like an honest like romance that maybe they're not even meant to be together. They're just what they what each other gets because they're both like older, like they both seen what's out there. He doesn't have kids. I feel like that that hits so hard for older people that sometimes you just end up with someone because you have to end up with someone. And it's like more like than like. You know what I mean? It's not like a classic romance, and I really enjoyed that that portrayal. Like, I thought it was sweet, and also it because like because they genuinely like each other, but like you can see like it's not like a meant to be type of thing. It's more of like, oh, it would be good for us to have each other type of thing, and I feel like that's a really, really sincere portrayal of a relationship that we rarely see in movies. Yeah, he doesn't like also explicitly say it, but it's also the question of like because he's the only one without a family. Yeah. really like the other like the students do and so now that's like giving him someone to to mourn for him which like is also about the also has to do with sort of him being bigger than just his flying but also belonging with the flying he struggles with the the thing that like if he dies in one of these missions it's harsh but like 
not a lot of people would miss him, and the people who would it would be like military people that worked with him and all and that. He misses the idea of like having wanted to grow old with Goose. Yeah, this this movie these movies yeah. are so close to becoming gay icons. <laughs> yeah, the um, the volleyball scene. They have a scene that's a good tribute to that, and I love that scene in this movie. It's so good, and like I feel like they have Danger Zone again. Yeah, got me so pumped. The first one is basically a love story between Goose and uh, and uh, Maverick, even yeah. though they don't say it. That's one of like the 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 biggest guy cry scenes of all time when Goose dies. Yeah, and they they show it again in this movie, don't they? Yeah, like briefly when he when they play the goodness gracious great balls of fire scene. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You'll never forgive yourself. No turning back now. This movie has healthy nostalgia. It's like it gives you those moments where you're watching a Top Gun movie, and it really, even though like the first one is kind of cheesy and has its flaws, it does its job to honor the first movie, which I liked. But it also brings in the new, and it it focuses more on moving forward rather than just like bringing old shots too much from the first movie, which I feel is an issue with me sometimes with uh, with like. What we said were some of the lesser legacy sequels. That's that's why I think this one ranks up higher. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you ne- next week. We're off. We'll see you the week after that. I'm Alan. And I'm Gaul. Go see Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs>